Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Covid's changed things, hasn't it? Because normally we we have like we introduce ourselves and stuff backstage, but we've sort I of can like barely hear you. But you better turn around. That's the first bit. time you've ever said. I oh, know. I've can, never said can, that. Uh, Kieran, can you turn my mic up, please? Hello. Testing. 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 Hello. There we go. There we you go. Hear that? There That's we better. go. That's yeah. Can you That's hear better. us all? All right. That's good. Uh, so just quickly, a few house rules. Um, if you want alcohol, you've got a little checklist in front of you. If you follow the steps and then just hold it up, someone will uh, go and collect that off you and then bring you booze. So, yeah. In, in the break. In the break. So, we're going to have a half-hour break. We're going to do 45 minutes. Uh, we're going to do five minutes, us. Then we're going to bring <laughs> DJ Yoda out and we're going to talk about a record and we're going to do um, Yoda's Five. Then we'll do a 30-minute break, right? So, you can all get drinks brought to your tables here. And then you can also buy, if you want to buy the record or you want to buy the action toy and things like that, put your hand up and the label will come over, credit card swipe thing. And, uh, and so we can do all of that in the break. We ain't got to worry about that till the break. And then second half, we're going to dick about big time. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're very lucky to have um, a listener favourite, a fan favourite, I'd yeah, say. Um, favourite. Big Papa Jay's going to join us afterwards. Don't fucking cheer him more than you just cheered us when we go on set. We'll talk, we'll talk about his pre-show anxiety when he gets up yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the reason for today, more than anything, is the fact that, well, we've released a record, right? Yep, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> How annoyed are you about that, that you did it with me? I'm annoyed that I spent probably 15 years writing songs, pouring my heart out into it, thinking I was doing something really really worthy and something really kind of like heartfelt and then the one time i get out on vinyl you happen to be involved <laughs> just the thing is like all launch off the back of us talking about me having erections in nightclubs and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> oh brilliant well look let's let's get on with it should we bring yoda up and start talking about Let, the record let's get the man ladies and gentlemen please welcome dj yoda to the stage Hello. How you doing? All right. So, I've no idea how how we managed to kind of con you into saying... Bag it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Will you come on a, a piece of vinyl with us? 
<laughs> but thank you. We've ended up with vinyl. I know, I know. Um, what you didn't see earlier um, before you come in was the reason we're a little bit late, and this is amazing. You've probably done it loads of times, but I never in a million years thought we'd do it. We was uh, signing a stack of records. <laughs> but no, you... There's nothing to make you feel like more of a wanker than just, <laughs> <laughs> than just signing record. <laughs> what was worse is it looked like you'd been practicing and, and you'd signed it in a very specific place on everyone. And I was like, you yeah. were thinking about that last night. I still don't know why you signed yours, Dr. Love. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Jokes aside, all of them are signed Chris, but one signed Craig. So it's just a, it's a mixed bag in there. So good luck if you get that one. Aside from the record, you're happy to do a top five? Yeah, let's do a top five. Okay, what are you going to do? Well, because on the re we should say what's on the record because it's kind of this part of the reason why I chose a different top five. Mm -hmm. On the record, I'm talking about my top five hip-hop albums from the 90s. So that's like the, the two sides of really what I'm interested in are music and video or film. So we did music on the record, kind of makes sense. So I thought I wanted to do something about film. So my first thought was like top five films. Then I sat down to try and do that. <laughs> I basically realized that my brain has turned to mush during lockdown. I was like sat in front of like a wall and was like, what is a film? <laughs> uh, what's a film that I've seen? What's a film that I like? I cannot do this. So I was like, I've got to broaden the scope a little bit. And I decided uh, to go for top five kinds of films that I like. <laughs> is that allowed? Do Are you know rules? what? It, 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 when you say it like that, it don't sound as good as the email we got. Because when we <laughs> got me, the email... Tell me what I said in the email. It sounds better. <laughs> you, you pitched uh, it badly. You know, but uh, a number... No, we had to strike off Pornhub because we were like, come on, man. Yeah, I know. That, that's not... a separate... It's, a, it's, yeah. another, it's another separate <laughs> fight. Yeah, exactly. You've completed that anyway, man. <laughs> exactly. It's a long watch. Thank, <laughs> thank God for COVID. Because I couldn't really get through the rest of it. Complex oh. plot. Have you put them in an order or is it just the five? Uh, just the five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then so basically that way, it, it's like a cheat. It allows me to say, because when I started listing films that I like, I was like, there's no way I can make a top five or I can say top five, but it just won't even be true. I need to include way more. So at least if I give them categories, then I can mention like five within each five. Yeah. So I'm cheating the system here. That's my plan. Okay. Number five. <laughs> so they're in it. no order whatsoever. Okay. Okay. And also I've just realized like, you could kind of say they're genres, but they're not because some of them are just directors as well. I just, I made, I'm making my own rules up. Is this, it's so loose. It's, it's incredibly loose. <laughs> you really some trouble, stuff. man. <laughs> Here's some stuff that I'm going to say that's going to be words. Categorize it how you like. No um, one's been out for six months. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know. We're, we're somewhere in real life. It's amazing. People um, are just grateful to be out, I reckon. So, yeah. Yeah. Including well, me. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, um, I reckon... Can I... Preface it with anything, or do I just get into it? Just get into it. Yeah. Okay. Fluff um, it. Well, just to say that, like, I realized when thinking about this that my feelings about films are the same as my feelings about chocolate and coffee, which is that I either like the really highbrow good stuff <laughs> or the really dirty bad stuff, and I don't like any of the middle stuff. <laughs> So basically, when it comes to coffee, I want like really amazing single estate, like beautiful, like with tasting notes, or I want like petrol station coffee. Yeah, <laughs> mellow birds. Yeah, yeah. What's your what's your like bottom of the barrel chocolate though? 
Oh, okay. So I would kind of put Cadbury's okay, in yeah, that. I mean, it's filth. It's not it even is. really chocolate, but it's amazing. I think the one below that is cinema chocolate. You know, like the powdery chocolate mice Mocklet. that you get. Mocklet. Yeah. yeah. Mocklet. Isn't Cadbury's kind of that anyway? No, I'm, I'm all over Cadbury's. <laughs> no, me too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I love it. But I, it's, it's, can you really even call it chocolate? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're asking a guy whose favourite food is pate on bread dipped with peanuts in it, isn't it? So I don't think you're the one to be judging you tried chocolate. It, mate. Golden. It's making me realise I should have done top five Cadbury bars. Switch it. Switch it. We could switch. <laughs> well, we're doing a company in chocolate bar for every film. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. But I, I, we can't do that, but I just want to give a quick shout out to the Orange 12. That have just come out. Limited, yeah. This is getting cheers. It's going to be more than any film I mentioned. You're like, yeah, Orange Twirls. What's your first film? Or your first? My kind first of... kind of film. Yeah. is David Lynch films. Wonderful. Right. So I'm starting with a highbrow. I mean, um, probably like my biggest love out of hip hop is Twin Peaks, um, and that kind of started me on the journey of David Lynch films and. I just like, you know, I studied film at university that I did English and American literature with film studies. So um, I got into some kind of like stuff about auteurs and kind of and deep stuff about film. And what I left with was just this love for David Lynch and everything he stands for. I mean, if I if I have a hero, it's David Lynch. Okay. Yeah. For everything that he does. I mean, like during lockdown, I don't know if anyone's seen, he's been doing these weather reports on YouTube. Really? Uh, every day he just kind of sits and looks out the window and he's in LA so it's like it's sunny again <laughs> and it's, but it's just his way of doing it and he d he does so much he makes furniture he does he, he does paintings um he, he makes albums which are all amazing but pretty much anything that he's had a hand in is like it's like oh to me like that's and there are some people who I don't want to meet what I don't ever want to collaborate with or follow on social media or anything like that. And he's under in that category because he's just kind of untouchable to me. So was Twin Peaks your introductory point or was there a film before Twin Peaks? I mean, I think I'd probably seen... Um, well, I was young when Twin Peaks first came out. If Twin Peaks first aired, I think, 89. Um, so, I pr no, probably thinking about it. I might have seen Dune, but not really kind of understood about directors yeah. or anything like that. Um, so Twin Peaks kind of was the introductory point. And I think really like when it came to thinking about top five films, I would definitely say uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me is in my top five. And it's a really difficult film. And it's not a film that I would recommend to anyone if they haven't seen it. I would just be like, just stay clear of it because you'd just find it annoying and weird unless yeah. you're just so like involved in that world. It's a very personal thing for me. Yeah. Um, but he, his, the music that he picks for all of his films and the characters and uh, and the cast that he works with, everything is just is perfection to me. The, the Julie Cruz theme from Twin Peaks. I saw Julie Cruz live in New York in a jazz club in the early 90s, and it was one of the, my favorite gigs I've ever been really? to. Really? Yeah, just totally different to a hip-hop gig, <laughs> of yeah. course. I mean, it's just like, it's so dreamy. And back then, there was no smoking ban. I just remember it being really smoky in there and... Uh, and she, uh, just her voice is just—it's like an angel. It's, it's incredible. Lovely. So after Twin Peaks, where did you sort of go with the Lynch sort of like fascination? Yeah, from there it was Wild at Heart. Yeah, which amazing. Is just Nick Cage classic, Snakeskin Jacket. Yeah. The music, all of it. Um, That's one of your faves, too, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and 
he can't not mention the the the, the, the press for it when he rocked up on Wogan <laughs> oh, in man. that jacket. Have you seen this? No, I don't think I've seen oh, that. Really? He's the best have you seen this? He, oh, yeah, I have seen it. Hang on, when he bounds in and yeah. he's just basically... Does a load of kung fu. Yeah. He does, no, I think before that, he does a load of cocaine. Does then he runs cocaine's out. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cocaine first, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's strong, strong coke vibes, right? Yeah. I mean, he's different level core in that film, isn't he? Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's... It, and it's really dark as well. Like, it, 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 it's... Very sad and very dark. A lot of stuff David Lynch does, and funny as well. And really, to me, like that's what I loved about Twin Peaks is it just it takes every genre and it finds a way to include it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's that's what impressed me about it. Um, but he's also, you know, like the Straight Story is an incredible film. It's a really kind of gentle, bucolic, family-friendly, pleasing film to to watch, and it's it. You know, different to other stuff that he's done, and some of it's so dark. Some of his other stuff's so dark, and that's such a sweet film. So that's really up there as well for me. Um, and I've even watched—I watch all his kind of shorts and all the weird other stuff, Mulholland Drive, and a lot of it is—he um, just dispenses with narrative and characters as we know it. And you have people become characters just in other actors' bodies halfway through the film for no reason. Oh, and yeah. it's, just it's so crazy. I think Mulholland Drive, other than June, um, and I didn't even realise when I was young that he'd, he'd done that. Um, Mulholland Drive, I saw that at uni, and it was a very tough watch because I was very high all the time. So I think I watched it the first few times stoned, and I was like, I've got to now watch this with a straight head. Cause to be honest, a some of it's really difficult. It's difficult viewing <laughs> yeah. and very slow, especially if you're used to just like, you know, now we're just faced with so many screens and flicking, and we're basically all just ADHD with the media yeah, that we totally. consume. And his whole thing is slow and just be... I mean, there's scenes in the um, most recent Twin Peaks series where there's just a guy sweeping for five minutes and <laughs> nothing else <laughs> happens. But it's kind of amazing to be forced to sit down and be put through that. I think that's actually what the impressive thing about it. I, I think he's never... He doesn't really spoon-feed you what's happening, and I think that's really good. And I think when I started watching his movies, that's what I started to enjoy, was that you know a lot of the other content I was really digesting was kind of like... There might be a little inner monologue just to help you along with what you were trying to... But it it's was none really of really left open for your interpretation yeah, of it. Um, and a lot of it's like dreams, and that's kind of what he's trying to create. He's like, I'm trying to make it like a dream. It doesn't need to make sense. You can make what sense of it you want to. So it's hard work on the consumer, but I'm just thankful that there's someone like that in the world doing that because like I say a lot of the other stuff I enjoy is just shit so <laughs> it's good it's, it's good to have some really kind of like it's the perfect get out though isn't it if you can get into that position where no matter what you do everyone's scratching their chins going hmm I really like what he's done here he might have just been hung over sick whatever that day and was like I'm just going to get we're just going to film someone sweep my, my brain is wired as such that you just said scratching and I thought I need to sample that <laughs> <laughs> Because Carl McLaughlin, post Twin Peaks, then went on to do that legendary five-minute scene in the other film that's in your top five, isn't it? The hot tub scene in Showgirls was a big, <laughs> big favourite of yours, wasn't it, mate? When, when we talked about what your top five was going to be, Yoda, I think I sent your Stu's top five over to you, which was shame, 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 Showgirls, shame, under siege. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> I had to ask what shame was. I didn't know about that. Have you not seen oh, it? Oh, no. fucking hell, man. Oh, do you know what? I, I got told and I thought, okay, I don't, I don't need to know. Yeah, I'm fine. it's good, it's good. 
I mean, I banged on about that way too much on the podcast, hence you just thought it would be three of my five. Um, all right, well, should we move on to, to four? Yeah, let's go... Highbrow to lowbrow. To low, let's go lowbrow. Um, well, I don't know if it's lowbrow, but like the next kind of category of film that I, I have to include in my favourite films is 80s cult kids kind of films. So really, that's like... I mean, I when I first started DJing and, and trying to work with film and music... The first thing that occurred to me was I need to re-soundtrack the Goonies. Oh. So I like we, we did cinema shows of the Goonies and I worked out a DJ set that, that goes with every scene of the film. Uh, and then I did the same thing for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, and my plan was always to do Weird Science as the, as the third of the trilogy. But actually kind of the, the DJ tech moved faster than I could get around to that. And next I could scratch movies and so I just went off down that whole route instead. But yeah, those kind of films, and you know what I mean by those kind of films. Oh, mate. Like... The John Hughes style. The John Hughes, yeah, yeah basically yeah. the John Hughes thing. And it's, you know, this is pure nostalgia. Yeah. It's the era that I grew up in. It's what we watched on videos. Yeah. Um, but then I'd also kind of throw into that, like, kind of kiddie kind of stuff, Robocop. Very kiddie. Uh, that was my second <laughs> because super the, violent movie well, I Well, there you watched. go. It was like, so, like, this is the thing. Like, in the 80s, the films we watched were either like, Kids at high school, <laughs> or like <laughs> people crawling out of toxic waste, or pe- people getting Melting. shot in the groin. Oh man, <laughs> I, I don't know how what effect that's had on me. Like I, because like they, <laughs> I think people listen, who listen to our podcast would say it was quite. That question's going to take a long time <laughs> to answer. But I, I absolutely love the eighties for that. For the the fantasy of movies like Goonies and how that set you imagine to think that you'd find a treasure map in the loft with your buds is just incredible. And then. And then there's just ultra-violent movies. Like I think I first saw Commando and then went to Robocop and I just, it was incredible. The, the scene in the drug factory is just the most violent yeah. thing you can ever watch. But it's in, there's so many quotables from that film that it's, <laughs> yeah, it's totally. absolutely ridiculous. But it's interesting to me how differently all those kind of films have aged. Like, for instance, I think Robocop stands up amazingly. Yeah. And then they remade it for some reason, which is the most oh, unnecessary remake, yes, yeah. I think, of any movie I can think of. Um, but The Goonies has not aged yeah. very well. I think it's aged a bit better than some of the others. The whole, the whole yew tree thing put the dampeners on uh, weird science a bit, didn't it? Because well, like, yeah. that's quite weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> give, give two teenagers the chance to like design anything and they're going to create like a, a, when a you living say it like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine if that was the other way around and that was a guy and that was two girls. It would be really dark then. <laughs> Yeah, weird. So I, I still watch Weird Science. I, I watch every year at Christmas. I don't know why, but I, I will do that. It's great nostalgia value, oh, but incredible. I think probably the king of all of them for me, like if I had to pick one, would be Ferris Bueller's. Just it's I know it inside out. It's yeah. it's just I mean, what can you say? I don't, I don't really have a way of describing it other than it's just. It, I guess that because of the age that I am, it was just really aimed at my demographic, right? 100%. Which is just basically imagine if you got the day off school <laughs> and you could go and do anything you want. Yeah. But same thing, just quotables. John Hughes had a good uh, knack for that. Just hundred percent. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Glasson, what's your favourite John Hughes? Oh, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you all of his movies. I really couldn't. Give me, give me a list of the ones we haven't discussed. Breakfast Club. Home Alone, 16 Candles. We, we, weirdly, you say Breakfast Club. I nearly picked Breakfast Club for movies that hadn't aged so well um, the other day. Not because it isn't a, a classic, but you then talk about like the Pete, like different things in what we define as politically correct now, and there was like really like crazy racial stereotypes in it. And I've not seen it for years, so you just don't think of that. I've just got this amazing feeling when you say Breakfast Club. I'm like, yeah, that is pretty fucking amazing, man. Yeah. Mm, nice. So, how about you, mate? Um. I'd probably go Breakfast Club, like that, just because I'm 47, so that just felt at the right time, and it was like, and it just, yeah, it just nailed it, and maybe not so much in hindsight now, when you look back at, you know, like any of these kind of films, some of them haven't aged so well, but I know for a good 10, 15 years, that film was like spectacular. I can still, it's the kind of thing that I just, if it's on in some room that I'm in, I have to sit down and completely see it through. Completely. I yeah. love the, I, I still get this thing where, and I get it with Ghostbusters the most. And um, there's a story, uh, you know, when I finished uni and I came back from uni, my dad like, gave me this big long lecture about what you're going to do with your life. And um, I, I'm still getting regularly very high. And he'd caught me and I was very stoned. And I went upstairs, he lectured me for about 30 minutes, I went upstairs, came downstairs about an hour later, and I was like, what are you up to? I'm looking for pen and pads. So dad thought, uh, you know, he's having a good think. And I came down a few hours later, and he was like, any thoughts? And I was like, Ghostbusters is my favourite film. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd written out, I'd written out all the ways you could classify any movie. And it ended up that Ghostbusters is, is actually, by fact, the best movie Were you doing ever. top fives before there was yeah, a top five? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was a prototype for this. But, um, yeah, bloody hell. Absolutely. Yeah, love Ghostbusters. It's yeah, incredible. I'd say Ghostbusters is in that category. I'd say E.T. Mm. is in that car- category. Yeah, totally. I, I'm, I'm going to throw in... I'm going to throw Police Academy in there, the first one. <laughs> yep. It's going in there. It's going in there. Yep. Have you ever heard the song that I did with Michael Winslow? Fuck off. Yep. <laughs> The sound effects, man. It's called. Seriously? Oh, it's got video wow. and everything. And he just made noises for the whole... I made a beat and he made noises and I scratched them. That's incredible. Yeah. Jones. Check it Larville out. Jones. Yeah. 
Monsignor Larville Jones. And I'll tell you something about him. He's exactly like that in real life. (laughs) That's the best friend you could (laughs) ever want. It's amazing. I just remember the studio that we recorded it in. As we kind of opened the door for the studio, he did the Star Trek um, door noise as we walked (laughs) into the door. (laughs) I was like, this is cool. I like this guy. Yeah. Can we just do top five things oh, you've done when you hung out with Jones from Police Academy, please? Um, I'll, just to clarify, I will part XU for Jones for this podcast all day long. That's incredible. Does he just do sound effects all the time? So we sat in the studio. I didn't really have a plan for the song. I just knew he was up for doing something. So I was like, let's just go through all the noises you can do. And he made all the noises. He's got, it's ridiculous. And, he, and then he kind of basically spoke a little bit about how he was a beatboxer before there was beatboxers, which is true. So we kind of made that the theme of the song. And yeah, have a look at the video on YouTube. It's, uh, it's cool. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. Shall we leave the podcast now? Yeah. <laughs> we won't stop that. We won't stop that. <laughs> Should we do your number three? What's the, the genre for genre? Um, okay, let's three? bounce back up to not highbrow, but definitely highbrow than John Hughes. Uh, and I would say anything that the Cohen brothers touch. So that's why, like, in my head, I was like, if I'm going to do a top five, I can't decide whether I would include The Big Lebowski or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I can't have two Coen Brothers films, and so that's kind of what started this idea of like, maybe we should do top five types of films because yeah. everything Coen well, not actually not everything Coen Brothers mm-hmm. do, but most of the stuff they've done, it just hits a chord with my sense of humor. And in terms of like the most watchable, get, look, repeat watchings, definitely those two, Lebowski and Oh Brother. Did he do No Country for Old Men? Yeah. Yep. That's Which is film. definitely up there as yeah, well. Yeah. I, I'd say that's probably number four for me. It probably I, I st- I'm stuck between Lebowski and Oh Brother. Number three, A Serious Man. Which I've is not seen that. yeah, it's a, it's a kind of it's a more underground one, <laughs> but it really speaks to me because it's just about the kind of um, the pains of growing up Jewish. <laughs> it's right. quite specific, but yeah. it really speaks to me, so it's very personal to me. Um, but then No Country for Old Men, which I rewatched recently, is just incredible. So I mean, good. what a baddie. What a baddie. Up there in top five baddies. Anthony yeah. Chagura, that's incredible. There's so much tension and you don't realise for the, the poor victim what's at stake sometimes when he's flipping that coin. Yeah. But as a viewer, you do. And it's just incredible just, with that cattle prod. It's I the mean, haircut. I've been applying for one of them for to, ages. To have I gone mean, for that haircut, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, that's what makes it for some reason. You just, I can't explain like it, but it's yeah. just a guy with that weapon and that haircut. It's like, Top bad ever. Yeah, he yeah he was he was absolutely menacing. And again, like um, not spoon fed to you at all. No country for old men. It's just a, you know, sometimes quite a slow watch. And you you, um, I won't. I mean, most people have seen it now. But one when one of the main characters dies, and you followed a, a lot of their journey. You don't see it, and there's that absence that you didn't get to see that. And I really liked that because it was kind of frustrating as well. But that was it. You just, that was it's it. It's that He's kind gone. of understanding that you don't need to tie everything up with a neat bow. It's actually yeah. sometimes worse to do that. Completely. And it feels just realer to have something open-ended. Um, but Oh Brother, Where Art Thou sent me off. It was kind of the first thing that stopped me listening to just straight hip-hop. I mean, we talked about this before, how just the 90s, I just spent listening to nothing but hip-hop, and I was not open-minded to anything outside yeah. of that genre. But I think I just loved Oh Brother, Where Art Thou so much that I got the soundtrack, and then I started researching all the different artists that were on that soundtrack, and then other things that they'd done, and it just sent me off in this journey of kind of 
um, learning about Americana and just old American folk music, and that got me into blues, and it, it sent me off on a journey um, musically, so that was really important for me. And I just love the color of that film. <laughs> it's, just, it's a really nice color. <laughs> and, and I think we should, we should mention, in, in the week that we've just seen Cineworld close, like, you know, as, as, as film goers, like, you know, it's, it's tragic that we can't go... It's been, and, it's uh, been go hard. I haven't been to the cinema yet. Since no, I me neither. And I actually, I'm finding it really hard to watch films at home. I'm, I'm finding myself watch dross instead of films because yeah, it's just I not do. the same. Absolutely. I, I, I'll like, scour Amazon Prime for really B-movie horror films. And I'll be watching them, and I'm like, this has absolutely no artistic merit. Mm. And I, I don't know, I don't know why I'm doing that as well. It's it's, it's strange. Like I don't know, like um, when you were talking about ADHD with phones and stuff like that now. But like, if I'm gonna watch something now at home, I just want to get leave my phone in another room because I want to be able to pay attention to it. But it's not the same as a cinema. It's not the same I, as I a cinema. That, yeah. I love walking into a cinema. Just that feeling of, what am I gonna get? to eat what I treat like, am I going to have and yeah I like being know. forced to not yeah. look at my phone forced yeah. not to talk to anyone else and yeah. th that is like the joy of the cinema for me and that's why if I try and watch a classic movie at home it's just not quite the same yeah, yeah. L loses it's, the edge yeah, yeah. we went on Thursday what we, did you we, 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 Carol wanted to go before it shut because she loves cinema she yeah. loves cinema so I was like okay so we went I think it, I, don't, I presume it was one of the last nights it was open yeah um, the, the level of the standard of the popcorn would lead you to believe it was probably <laughs> ready to shut. Um, but yeah, we, 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 there's very few films on. We, we went and watched the the, uh, the last Bill and Ted uh, film. What was that like, by the way? It was all right. Yeah, yeah. Is that being polite? It was. It was. It, it's what you'd expect from a couple of fifty-year-olds being rad oh, dudes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds quite good. Yeah. <laughs> did, did Carol like it? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was alright. It was alright. Yeah, I, th I think you'd like it. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know if that's an insult or something. <laughs> 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 Sounded like one. Didn't it you got very, very similar like taste, <laughs> right? But the only time, and it was weird. I, I lost track when we started talking about Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters. I love when a film comes on TV that I love because I just get. It's a bit like at the cinema. I like a busy cinema most times. Um, for example, Pip hates it, so we have a weird relationship when we go together because. I'm tolerant of human beings, and he's not. But, but at home, I love the thought of, if, say, for example, Robocop, even though it's so heavily edited, it's untrue, but I love the thought there's another couple of thousand people watching that at the same time. So that, that's the time I like it. Yeah. I Twitter cool. can get quite good if everyone's watching the same film. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a beautiful little snapshot in the Pip's personality there. <laughs> he just hates people. Fundamentally. <laughs> he's like, zero tolerance. He does a podcast where he meets people every week, but he doesn't really like people. <laughs> Not a fan. All right, um, Yoda, number three. Four. Two. Four. Two, Two. 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 Anyone? One. Five. <laughs> it's like bingo. Well, well, we've had Lynch. We've had 80s, 80s, 80s. kids kind of stuff. Coen Brothers. We've had Coen Brothers. My category number four is any film set in Boston. So specific. <laughs> you so really specific. had a meltdown, didn't you, on this? And you were like, <laughs> just shouting out random just, things. But it's so true, though. As I soon as you said that... At some like, point, oh. I realised, yeah. why do I love every film that's set in Boston? <laughs> but I do. They're all yeah, good. They're really good. I, I think there's something about Boston culture that is gritty and fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have had hard lives in Boston. I don't know if you've been to Boston. Have you, have you been? No, no. It's, it's, it's my favourite city to visit in the States. 
I don't know why. It's just fi- it's got a lot more history. Yeah. So it's got more character. Yeah. It feels uh, sl- slightly more European than other American right. cities that I could feel uh, that I could mention. And yeah, it's got this kind of Irish thing. Um, it's got the accent. Yeah. It's just got character, basically. Yeah. And it did have a really rough area, Southie, which is now all uh, avocado and toast and everything. <laughs> um, but a lot of the Boston films that I like seem to be set around that area. I think the king of them is probably The Departed. That's great. You've yeah, got to say it like that. The Departed? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do a Boston accent, but it's, it's park your car or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, and Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Ben Affleck, yeah. all these kind of like actual Boston people that yeah. ended up making films. I love Goodwill Hunting and I love Autumn in that area. <laughs> which you get a lot in films, weirdly. I, I, here's quite an obscure film um, that I would recommend people watch. I bet you no one's seen it. Outside Providence? Nope. Have you seen that? No. Anyone? No. no. Any takers? I recommend it. It's just that kind of shit, basically. It's, it, it's uh, New England in the fall. I just like you know, trees and pumpkins and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, quite, don't mind what's going on in front of them. <laughs> we, uh, we, we watched... Um, Departed, literally about a month ago, and I hadn't for the seen first it time. No, no, well, I saw it when it came out, but I, I don't think I'd have seen it. And it's so good. It's a yeah. remake, but it's a really, really? worthwhile yeah. remake. Yeah, it's from from Infernal Affairs, wasn't it? Was yeah, that so the original one? Uh, so, yeah, it was a Hong Kong film. Yeah, Hong yeah. Kong. Yeah, which was cr- that was quite crazy. And then Infernal Affairs too. It gets to the point where, again, it's very easy to lose track of what the fucking hell is yeah, going on. Yeah, whose side is everyone on? Yeah. But the reason that The Departed works so well for me <laughs> is that just the, it's so well cast and the actors are just incredible. You know, uh, you know I could have gone with various Scorsese things, but um, that's, that's the king of them for me. If there's a little thing, I, I struggled with Ray Winston's accent a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I can't argue against it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was... And I love Ray Winston. Have you ever got into the um, YouTube wormhole of criticism of actors' accents in films? Has anything ever surpassed Tom Cruise in Far and Away, was it? The Irish accent? No, I haven't seen that, I don't think. Spectacular. There are... There are voice coaches who do, who do criticism on various films. They get quite deep into it, and I don't know why that's fascinating to me, but it is. Was, was Ray Winston on there for that? No, it, it, no, oh, right. but it reminded me of it. Yeah. Can you think of any howlers? Any howlers? Like awful. Bad ones. Yeah. Paul Blart Malcott. That was, that was uh, in Boston. Uh, R.I.P.D. Boston. Um, Who is I it? still know what you did last summer, Boston. I looked this all up about five minutes ago before we came. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also some, like, so uh, one I don't think you had on there that just rips my heart out is, uh, which is, again, it's the Boston crew, Manchester by the Sea. Yes, totally. Oh, yeah, God. incredible. Yeah, really One of the best good. films of the last few yeah, years. Yeah, it's dope, that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, it's the location with all of these things. I can watch any, any crime thing, the town, yeah, Mystic hell, River. Fucking hell, yeah, Mystic yeah, River's yeah. cracking. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and what what was the one with the newspaper um, quite recently? Um, come, someone help me out. The Boston Globe or whatever it was. No, I haven't. Se- I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. Any takers? Everyone's trying to remember it. Literally. Spotlight. Spotlight. 
Yeah. Thank you, Antonia. That hasn't scratched the itch for some reason. So that like spotlight, yeah, but is it that? Yeah, I'm I think not so. Sure. I haven't seen it. Anyway, Boston. There you go. Genre right. of a movie. Boom. Well, top spot. What out of those? No, what's oh, wh- oh, the number one? Yeah. Right. Well, this is definitely back to lowbrow. <laughs> <laughs> And it's and it and there's in the Venn diagram with the eighties cult films, there is definitely some mid midway between the stuff. But I like any film that is a high school or college movie and basically has jocks and nerds oh, and, yeah, and prom night. <laughs> and I go pretty deep into that genre. Yeah. And I realise that it's not just eighties because there's good stuff in the nineties and beyond that and I don't know, it's not very hip hop. But I like things like Glee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Pitch Perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got teenage girls, so you know, I've yeah, seen them also films a little bit worrying. A lot. Yeah, I've seen them films a lot. It, it's also a little bit worrying that it's kind of a teenage girls kind of a movie, and I'm but it's good though. <laughs> it's just what I like. Love a bit hey. of Pitch Perfect, mate. <laughs> there's um, there's some pretty obscure ones. I would say in my top five favorite films. Again, it's a film that I reckon probably no one's seen. Can't Hardly Wait. Anyone seen that? Yeah. So, yeah. Someone, someone said, yeah, I'm like, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. It's not a top five film. <laughs> it's got, like, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Seth Green. It's just, and it's about the last night of school and they have a party and the guy ends up with a girl. I just, oh, it, you know. There's comfort in them films, though, There's comfort there? in it, yeah. One of them actually makes my could slide into my top five of all time, especially for how many times I've watched it. And it is a it's same format. And I'm not going there to, to have my mind blown. But Dazed Porkies. and Confused. Oh. Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused, it's yeah. Fucking the but that's shit. a bit good. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's actually yeah. kind of it's actually <laughs> respectable. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, respectable. I'm looking for the dross. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, we're going near <laughs> yeah. powdered chocolate. I mean, I would say that even Road Trip and Old School are in that category because it's got Definitely. colleges in it which is yep. good for me and Sean William Scott anything with Sean William Scott <laughs> yeah uh, and there's also kind of like a bit of a stoner movie like cross with this stuff so I'd say yep. Harold and Kumar is probably yep. D- dude where's my car is in that and that then, kind of area. <laughs> yeah. and, then. <laughs> um, and there are some more obscure ones there's an 80s one called Lucas uh, Corey Haim mm. Corey Feldman right Charlie Sheen yep yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and he's like a nerd and he's trying to get the girl and everything. Just uh, anything like that, I'm good with. I'm always good with that. Kind the of thing, thing is, whenever you, you get the, the nerd, like, c- can you remember the, the 90s film, um, She's All That? Yeah. Like, um, uh, I can't remember what, I remember what her name was. Um, Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Lee Cook. Um, and I, I remember, like, it was like, oh my God, look how geeky this supermodel is in them glasses. And it was like, <laughs> no, you just think, oh, come on. Like, the minute they go, oh, oh there, oh, there's a surprise. She's stunning. But I love that film. Well, something that's always fascinated me is on the circle of geek to cool, the kind of grey area between those two things. And right. I always, because to me, DJing is, is that. Like, you can't be a DJ without being a nerd. It's impossible. You have to collect categorize like pour over record label details and everything and then yet there's this kind of like uh idea djs are cool (laughs) it's like they're not they're the biggest nerds of all um and just that kind of like the tribes of of college in america and i think also it does tie into hip-hop for me because this is was me growing up and kind of 
idolizing American stuff, you know, and, and seeing all kind of American colleges and high schools and movies. It's the same to me as me looking at rappers and rap videos. It's like, America is so cool. Then I grew up and realized that I hate America, but <laughs> it's a complicated relationship. <laughs> I do have a, a love-hate thing, definitely. But when, when you, you know, you, obviously, you know, we're, we're similar of age, Yoda, and, like, and, and I think... You're much older, but yeah, carry <laughs> But we grew up watching very similar films. And those American sort of frat parties and, and the stuff that you was exposed to looked so good. It's exciting, like, isn't it? Their parties looked so yeah, much yeah. better than the uh, shit ones I went to. I know. To. When I was at university, it, w it was such a disappointment. I was like, yeah. really? I was expecting... Where's all the... <laughs> when I got to college, I grew up watching Fame. I presumed in the common room, everyone's going to be like doing like <laughs> splits <laughs> off of the tables and shit like that. Didn't happen, mate. Uh, Miserable. No one at university did that thing where they say Greek letters. Yeah. Alpha, Omega. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I, never even, I don't understand what it is, but I like it. Yeah. And it, I never got to do it. I uh, wanted them matching jackets. I wanted to be in a gang yeah. where yes. we all had yeah. the same jackets. Yeah, exactly. Didn't and happen, cakes. mate. I wanted red cups with beer in as well. Like, I think cups. I lost my mind. Finally, when I was like 30, someone served me a beer in a red cup and I was like, right. Scientists. <laughs> I went old on. school. <laughs> We're going streaking. Yeah. I just got red card, pool party. Like, oh. yeah, this is this is what I was, uh, yeah, this is what I was idolizing when I was watching mm. all these these kind of films. Yeah, it's a bit worrying for a man of my age to enjoy that kind of thing now. <laughs> That's the only thing I would say. No one should judge you in the privacy of your own home, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I'm your not honor. harming. I'm sorry, I meant your own. I'm not harming anyone by nice. watching um, Pitch Perfect too. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fundamental difference between the pool parties I was seeing on the Team Flicks. Yeah. at the cinema to the swim and burger parties I was going to at <laughs> Blackshot Swimming Pool. Very, very different. <laughs> All right, well, look, should we, should we start to wrap things up for let's a quick break? And yeah, then we can... Um, we, I mean, Yoda signed all the records as well, we should say that. And so you can... They're going to bring the lights up now, I think. And, uh, and then what we can do if... I mean, you, you, you should be... Know, oh, Chris, you know how to sort out about what they've got to do in regards to drinks, right? Yeah, fill out that form and then hold it up in the air. All right, that was quite yeah. straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in regards to if you want a record um, or an action figure or any of the other Yoda merch and stuff over there, put your hand up and the label will come over with a credit card machine and they'll swipe and go and you can, you can buy any merch. And we'll be back in about 25 minutes um, with Big Papa Jay. DJ Yoda, thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.